Hello everyone and welcome again to another episode of my podcast. Uh, hello on YouTube if you're watching. Uh, thanks for tuning in uh, again. You know me, I'm Alex and I'm delighted to welcome uh, the beautiful mind that is uh, Simon Marshall. I've been following Simon on Twitter for a while now. We have our own little Twitter group uh, going on and um, Simon is all things uh, digital marketing, primarily in kind of legal and professional services, but he's all things data. Uh, as I said, think beautiful mind and Simon's insight is second to none around uh, all of this. And I think it was law is kind of his focus. I think anybody listening to this can absolutely learn what you can do to start to think differently, behave differently based on how you leverage data and data insights from your website. So enough move about me waffling on. Simon, over to you. A bit of your backstory, a bit of your background, and uh, let's see where this takes us. Yeah, sounds good. Thanks for having me along today. Um, I've been lucky enough to work over the last 20 years at um, quite a few law firms. Uh, previously, I worked in sales and marketing um, and legal sector is um, notable, I think, for having an endless amount of demand of marketing things it wants to do, uh, loads of money with which to do it as well. I mean, it's not a, an unwealthy sector, um, but equally, um, sometimes can just base its decisions on hunches and gut instinct and um so a couple of years ago after i set up my own um, agency and having worked on loads of different web projects and you know all manner of communications projects and business development things as well i thought it'd be good to look at how do we use data to inform our decision making a bit better you still need a hunch right mm -hmm. i'm not going to get away from that great marketing people have got really good instincts but my sense is that we can hone down the options by using a bit of data and make better educated guesses about where to invest. That's gonna be really important for the next couple of years where no matter what industry you're in, mm -hmm. quite likely you're gonna see a bit of contraction as a result yeah. of everything that's gone on in the economy mm -hmm. and you need to gain market share. You're gonna take that off competitors. So we need to maybe take some of the other options off the table in terms of our marketing, really focus our energies around the things that are gonna produce profitable growth for the business as it were as well. And I think that data's, they plays a role in that. Mm -hmm. um, it's really interesting because yeah, as soon as you start saying data, everyone turns off and thinks it's gonna be really boring as a talk. <laughs> you know, I, I sit here sometimes in the evening crunching through people's you know, social media or their website data and I find out things that I wonder if they know about their own business. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know about you, Alex, but I, I wanna know like how, how far did this tweet go yeah. yeah, it's rather disappointing. I did the analytics a few months ago. Yeah, well. that, you know, the one that had had one hundred fifty thousand impressions is about my cat, obviously. Right, and it's you know there are days when you think I can't believe it's that, and then you know a couple of political opinions as well. But you know, if you don't know what's working, yeah, then how do you know to do more of it? And if you don't know why it worked, I mean, you're very good at making sure that people understand the technicalities of you know, how to be themselves and be present and use the social platform to its maximum and its yeah. optimum. But people, you know, I fail to do that on a regular basis. I don't optimize it. I don't think about that because I'm behaving in a very natural human way. Yeah. And actually, if you just say to me, Silent, use a hashtag. Right, it's gonna it's gonna take you further, or yeah. you know, it used to be work that you tag in some friends or whatever. It might be in a social post, and that would take it further as well. But actually, um, you know, there are there are things there that that data tells us this works and this doesn't work. Maybe this works at an organisational level, and this works for you as an individual, right? And data allows us to kind of spot different trends and themes. Let me give you. Let me give you a really good. Yeah, example. that'd be good. Yeah, for yeah, years in life, when I was working in house in marketing, I really hated 
the idea of taking clients off to rugby matches. You know, it's always a thing you've got asked all the time, or, or Wimbledon, right? Wimbledon, can we get some Wimbledon tickets? Yeah, let's, let's spend £11,000 on two tickets to the men's semi-finals. Right? And it just seems the like crazy. we already know who probably aren't going to give us any more business. Well, <laughs> the thing is that when someone comes back to you and shows you the data and says, wait a minute, this is a proportionate use of budget for somebody yeah. who gives us the level of... Now, that is a sensible way to approach a, a CMO yeah. and say, I can justify this marketing expense. And the data, I know we're going to talk about website data or social media data, but I love data, a bit like Sidley are doing, taking data all the way across the enterprise. Yeah. What are we doing from all the way at the beginning for audiences we don't know at all to people that we know we work for regularly mm-hmm. and that we want to encourage them to advocate for people to use our business again, right? And if you can use data to... I think the word you're probably going to say today is attribution, really yeah. to attribute what what is happening all the way across that sales cycle, then I, I think that we can really all up our game. I think you're, you're absolutely right. And I, you know, I, I'm learning about this on a, on a, on a daily basis. And you, you take your point, the point you made very kindly about me and, and LinkedIn. And people ask me around, well, is LinkedIn premium worth paying for? I said, well, it's like anything in life. If you don't use what it gives you, then it's a waste of time. But you know, we refer to it as random acts of social. There's no point. There's great posting stuff, but how do you know where it's going? So use the data, that social media post that you created and understand, is it landing in the right news feeds and is it landing with the right job titles? And now we know LinkedIn gives you pretty basic um, indications of what this is doing, but there's no point getting very excited. And this is where I get, you know, employee advocacy tools in terms of, I think they, can lead you down, you know, false, false positives, telling you internally you're getting lots of engagement, but then look on the post on LinkedIn, it's all other law firms or people from your own industry, other salespeople that are engaging with that post, not your intended audience. So we kind of take a step back from all of this. Data comes from multiple sources today. Yeah. We've already mentioned two things. So website yeah. and social media. Let's start with the website because most people kind of understand what a website is and what it's meant to do. So what yeah. are sort of what are the things that People, whether you're BD, a lawyer, a salesperson, marketing, doesn't really matter. What are the things they should be thinking about around what the website should be doing and how can you start to access the Such data? Great question. Such a great question. I mean, for me, let, let, let's just get a couple of facts out on the table. Mm-hmm. First, right, people, people don't come to your website through the homepage. Not, not in the majority. About 16 or 70% of web traffic, 16 or 17% will come through the homepage. Right. But we will design a website so as if everyone comes through the front door. Yeah. We've got people climbing through the windows. We've got people coming through the side entrance, right? They, yeah. they come in. Now, why and how do they do that? People who already know your brand, they come through that front door because they know, you know, whiteandcase.com yeah. or alanovery.com. They go straight to it, right? People who don't know you have done a web search for something on Google because that Google owns the audience that we, of all the people we don't really know. And that is about 75% of the world out there, right? And then the bit in between those two is is social. Those are the three really big constituent parts for your traffic email along with social will make up the remaining kind of percentages there. Um, So we design websites for that, right? For starters. And... That's already a misstep because the first thing that really attracts people to websites is great content. Mm-hmm. Okay, for many years you'll have heard it as well. For twenty years, content is king. Everyone says content is king, but they don't behave like content is a king. Yeah. Right. So what what do I mean by that? You you create great content. You do these videos. You do all your updates. You do your social media posts. You know, I try and emulate that as well and try and do some things that are interesting to people. 
and hopefully people come in and they read that piece and at the bottom of that piece it might be a call to action there might be something either read another piece mm-hmm. or contact Sai, or i don't know share it with someone yeah. right really simple kind of actions in the way and so if we think about that journey for an unknown they let's think about their intention for a minute i've got a problem i've searched on google how do i grow my business how do i use acquisition finance to grow my business suddenly there's a search result i click on a law firm's legal update or technical update and i read this thing all we want that user to do is spend a bit of time in front of our brand reading it preferably more than two minutes right yeah we'll come to don't let me forget to come back to that as well it's really important the amount of time eyeball time that we've got Mm -hmm. and then we want them to take an action at the end now if we don't know them from adam you know if they've not met white and case or alan overy before then what what is the likelihood that they're going to call a partner after reading one article i would suggest relatively small yeah so the primary call to action on those pages for a new user coming in might well be read another piece or sign up to our newsletter it's pretty boring i'm going to talk about this over the next few weeks in some other webinars that i do but the only action that we try to do with an unknown audience is turn them into a known audience Mm -hmm. So if we don't know who they are or where they've come from, yeah. the only thing that we've got to do as digital marketers is know something about them. What's their email address? Where do they work? You know, and then the next time they come back, they're a known audience and we can treat them differently. So we can start sending them things to bring them, right? Mm-hmm. So part of the answer to your question immediately has to be, you know, how long are they spending on that page? Yeah. What's the total read time? What's the average read time for those web updates? Now, Alex, I don't know how many of these things you've looked at, but looked at, but I've I've read thousands of those updates over the years. And I have to say, some of the most phenomenal, we're very lucky in the UK and it's very easy to dismiss it, but we get some phenomenal updates on a regular basis in a very timely fashion. Yeah. On very complex subject matters. Mm-hmm. And it's easy to dismiss that as long and boring. But I one challenge is that they are sometimes just too long. <laughs> Five thousand words on the latest thinking around X and Y and Z. Yeah. When the average read time on that page is two minutes, it doesn't compute. Yeah. You know, you're gonna read, I don't know if you know, but the average read speed is two hundred words a minute. It's about the same that I speak at. Mm-hmm. Um and so, you know, <laughs> if we take five thousand words, that's a twenty-five minute read. Yeah, yeah. So it better be blinking interesting. So good, exactly. It's interesting yeah. because obviously some on web pages, I've even noticed the link, sorry to interject, but LinkedIn now, other sites, and they actually now tell you, six minute lead, 12 minute read. And if you think six, like 12 minutes, I haven't got 12 minutes to read this, so I might just skim over it. And, you know, when I was at Osborne Clark, we introduced uh, some snippets at the top of the page to tell, we'd say, you know, this is roughly how long this piece is. It's of interest to, it's written yeah. for, and these people, and we, if it was someone, if, you know, if a, if a general counsel is going to sit and spend their lunchtime reading it, brown bagging, I think the Americans call it, where you, yeah. you have your lunch in front of the screen and read this thing, is, is the CFO going to do that? You know, probably not. So yeah. provide, Simmons did this very well. They used to have tear sheet version for sales guys, for CFOs. This is what you need to know in 60 seconds. And that worked both ways. You can take this back to the GC or yeah. the GC can give it to you, right? Very clever. So... That's, that's quite a really good example. Two different audiences, different read times, perfectly valid. GC, yeah. quite happy to spend 25 minutes. 
Mm-hmm. First thing that private practice lawyers and GCs do is think that everyone else is like them and will sit and read a document for 25 minutes and read every single footnote that goes with it, right? And we both know that people read an S, they read a title, they read a yes. subhead, they read the first paragraph, then they scan down the page to find something else that interests them and then they read across. That's called reading in an F. You do okay. that down the page, yeah, yeah. right? So we can get data that tells us how long people spend on the page, how they look at the page, where they're clicking, are they trying to do something? So that data is really useful. We take it back to our authors, technical writers, the people who write for those um, legal updates, or if you're Pinter Mason's, you know, frankly, ex-journalists, you know, and yeah. I think OC's got a few of them as well. Mm-hmm. And we go back to them and say, people aren't getting to the bottom of your article, which means they're never clicking on the call to action. Okay, yeah. What can we do to optimize that? Now, you know, do you, you know, the do you want more bit? <laughs> do you want more, do you want to read more? Or do you want to take action instead? Because, you know, oh, am I broadly right? Yeah, I am. I'm going, to, I'm going to contact that guy. Am I broadly right? Yeah, I'm going to sign up to email. Nothing wrong mm-hmm. with that. Am I broadly right? I don't know. I want to read a bit more. Give me an option. Right? Let, yeah. them, let them make that choice as well. So that you asked me what data can do, and I think it's a great example of, of around half your web traffic, maybe a bit more, will be on your knowledge update. Okay. Right? And so if you don't optimize that part of your website for how long people are spending on there, how, people, how easy it is to share it with other people, how optimized it is for um attracting people in and then answering a question that they've actually got not a question that is <laughs> a sidestep from it yeah, yeah. right um that's so important because google looking ahead is really looking to please audiences with this page experience change that's coming next year okay um, uh, you've probably technically heard it called user intent yeah so your alex is on the web and he's looking for you know a marketing agency for law firms, mm-hmm. maybe based in Bristol. <laughs> guess what? You know, his intent is yeah. to interview one for a blog post, not necessarily to instruct one because he doesn't work yeah. at a law firm, right? And we, Google works out his intent and then points him in the right direction. And it does that by virtue of what he's looking for and, and, and how he searches and the phrases that he uses, right? Yeah. Law firms need to think more, not just law firms, any yeah. organization, yeah. anyone, accountants. I've done their rankings, by the way. Okay, good. Very interesting. Look forward to that. Very interesting. Look forward to that. Uh, I'm going to tell you a funny thing about that in a minute, right? But they they need to think more about the intent of the person when they come to the page. So somebody who already knows you has a different intent to the person who yeah. doesn't. How, um, does, how does one, how do you find that out? How do you actually understand, where is, how can a firm understand what their existing audience is already doing yeah. and their new audience is, is doing? Is, is it good, good analytics? Is, are there other tools out there? Because for some listeners, this may be, and I speak to individual. I speak to leaders in organisations across all industry, and I talk about this not in a sophisticated and articulate way as you do. But a lot of this is just straight over people's heads. They don't really kind of understand this is the new world order. So, where does somebody even begin to start to interrogate and find this information? Such a good question. Let's um, let's break it down then. So, yeah. known audiences are going to come from email yeah. or social media. Okay. So when they come in, if we th- the email might have been forwarded to some random extra person but they still know something about your organization Mm -hmm. the social media might have been clicked on you know a third degree connection right Mm -hmm. but broadly those two sources should be served with content that are you know in the head of the author i already know something about the firm yeah right and and in a way um in the in the back end in the data thing we can actually say we're going to attribute 
this traffic to this campaign that we ran. There's mm -hmm. some very clever technical things. I'm not going to get into it too much for your yeah. audience, but any digital marketing manager worth their salt should be, should be able to attribute they came to this page. Now, that is not the same page. And if we think about how consumer brands use uh, digital marketing, you won't land on the same page if you have not ever engaged with the brand before. If you're not on their email marketing, if you're not um, part of their social media followers, yeah. right? you'll come in from a different page. And that immediately allows you to split that traffic. So that's mm -hmm. part of the answer is we've got to set it up the right way. The other thing that I think um, I'm a great believer in this, in using more EQ in how we approach our uh, mm -hmm. marketing as well. Right. So let's... Um, Let's go back to Alex's issue of wanting to appoint a marketing agency or look for one in Bristol, right? Yeah. If you didn't even know that was an option and you said, you know, are there any, if you ask the question, are there any marketing agencies in Bristol? Yeah. You're asking a very open early stage question. Mm -hmm. And the answer to that question is really just informational. Yes, yeah. there are, you know, and there are 10 of them and, you know, there's conscious solutions and then there's Psy and whatever, right? You know, you can, you can do that piece of work and, um, thinking about the questions that people ask and the answers and where they are in the buying journey mm -hmm. different questions get asked are you asking an informational question that's just about awareness i didn't know i had a problem i didn't know there was a solution to this problem yeah. then how do i begin to solve the problem what are my options you know this this is your yeah. traditional ada kind of yeah. awareness you know whatever whatever action yeah. at the other end right um the four stages of the buying journey and we need to, law firm content is designed in a slightly homogenous way. Mm -hmm. Not all law firms, but I'd say out of the hundred that I analyze, 95 of them approach it in a, I've got something I want to talk about. Law talk firms. <laughs> and I would highlight the work that are done particularly in uh, personal injury. Yeah. Medical negligence. Mm -hmm. now, people, other people can get really sniffy about that area and yeah. say, well, they have to do it that way. It's bound to be, it's a consumer mm -hmm. thing. Right. They have to do it because there's no other way to win business. Yeah. But on the flip side, they're very, very sophisticated at yeah. converting audiences from we don't know who the heck you are. We don't even know we've got a problem. I didn't even know I had a right to sue anyone yeah. through to I'm signed up yeah. <laughs> and, I'm, and you're my lawyers. Right yeah. now. You can go and look up those brand names yourself, but you know who they are in that top. Yeah. There's about five of them that mm -hmm. excel at it. In fact, there's one that is, um, about 180th by revenue and it's about 30th by digital marketing. It, it, it absolutely smashes it out of the park because they understand how to take an audience and convert yeah. them into a paying customer. And I think that we need to stop thinking that doesn't happen on corporate commercial, not just at law firms, at accountants yeah. firms. I yeah. think it happens um, when we need a sports massage. I think it happens when we need you know, to buy a teacup. I think, it, I mean, why, why for instance, do you think it needs to be any different? Well, what if we just applied some of that methodology and just tested yeah. it and worked out, um, can we get Alex closer to shortlisting TBD as one of his marketing agencies? Yes, we can. How are we going to do that? We're going to use, you know, his thought process is going to go through yeah. to appoint an agency and then do that. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think about the last time I appointed a web agency to do that to myself and I was in house and, you know, we started out by just saying we have to, you have to have won an award in the last year for some of your web work. And that, you know what, that culled a big list yeah. <laughs> like quite, quite quickly down, but that you already knew that on some level there was something about them, right? And we yeah. used data to cull the list and then we yeah. said to them, do you want to apply to be, you know, on the thing? Yeah. 
some of them just came back and said, no, we, you know, you're too small or you're, or you're too big or it's not for us or we're too busy. And actually the people who were then left were really interested in being involved. And I think if, if all of us in professional services can think a bit more about, we talk about it all the time, but really spend some time thinking about what people are thinking about when they're appointing yeah. consultants, right? Then they'll get more out of it. Now, you're going to say to me, come on, Si, we've got 2,000 web pages going on here every year, right? And all these updates. I'm not saying you should do it for all 2,000 pages. Yeah. That's not realistic. No, go ahead. Yeah, right? That's not realistic. But what about if we took our top 2% of performing pages and tweaked them so they just worked harder? What, yeah. if, what if we're ranking third on Google for something? And we can move it to first. Is that is that a big difference? Yeah. In traffic terms, that is moving from around about two, two to ten percent of traffic up mm -hmm. to about fifty-five percent of all clicks. Mm -hmm. So the, the gain, if we do grab that first place by optimizing our page, by yeah. thinking about the page experience, by answering the questions that people really want to have answered, we will get fivefold number of people coming through the front door. Well, and is that people having to pay for pay for words or that's purely just optimization so it's just google just puts it at the top or was yes, it a blend a question i mean is there is there a valid place for ppc of course there is right it leads it leads to leads if it weren't then people wouldn't be paying 50 quid for a medical negligence case yeah. pay-per-click uh, if you're in a bankrupt a firm they just repeatedly click on their links of course um <laughs> but do i believe don't do that but if, <laughs> do I believe, don't do that but do i believe that you can use um, organic to, to yeah. gain, yeah, I do because I think that very few of those people in the commercial world are going to make an appointment on the basis of one single click, and therefore, how many times you've got to pay for them to come through to the site. Yeah. So it's much better. Um, it's much better to use organic if you can. The other thing, of course, is that Google wants you to have a collection of related materials. A bit like you, you you've got an area of expertise, and you talk about that area of expertise all the time. So all the words, all the phrases, all the language mm -hmm. that relates to it, it's all cross-pollinating across your website, your social. Yeah. They're all pointing at similar kind of things. And Google says, this isn't a one-off spike that we're going to treat. It's like, you know, there's a, there's a page that and Alex has written that's so well written that we're going to really reward it. It says instead, we're going to give him a lift, a really big lift, because mm -hmm. he writes about it consistently and he answers all the questions. Now, look, I'm going to give you a tip here. If you're a digital marketing manager and listen to this, you want to know what is the public thinking. Go on to answerthepublic.com. Okay. <clears throat> Type in whatever your keyword is that you want to do. So, um, digital marketing mm -hmm. agency. And that website will give you 10 free hits a day and it will give you a list of real people's questions that they ask in relation to that subject matter. Now, if you, I'm really going to give you something big here. This is beautiful. I'm being very generous here. If you then structure your page so that it answers those questions. Now, the, the H1, the, the top of the page, mm -hmm. right, that's got to be the best keyword that relates to that. And um, as I wrote recently, Beyonce is the queen of SEO because she says to the left, to the left. And every time you push keywords to the left, further back up the URL, you'll get a higher reward, right? That's, the data tells us that's the case, right? Yeah. So if we get it right there and we put it in the title and then we use those questions that real people ask, Alex wants to know what are the, how many digital agencies are there in Bristol and what kind of digital agencies are there in Bristol? All of the related questions, you answer those questions. Google spots that Q&A and it says, wait a minute, this, these guys are taking it so seriously. The next time somebody asks that question, let's give it a try. We're going to surface this page in the yeah. results. There's no such thing as a set 
result for Google. It, it, the priorities work on all different things, but it gives something a try. Mm -hmm. And if that person reads that page and hangs around for a few minutes and reads it and they like it and Google sees the data and thinks, oh, great, then it will surface it again and again and again, right? And then it thinks, wait a minute, this person, they really are answering people's questions here. Yeah. And they've updated the page and they've taken it really seriously. So I would encourage all the digital marketing managers, any of your clients, any of my clients, to go back and look at what their top 2% of all their web performing pages and go and Google the phrases on that page. Go and have a look for what other, yeah. where are they? Where do they rank? What are their competitors doing on their versions of that pages that are better than yours? Mm -hmm. You know who's really good at this? Pins and Masons, right? That's because they've, they've had Outlaw for 20 years. Yeah. Right? They know how to write for audiences because journalists would you know, write that way, very informative. But um, under Fred's work uh, that he did last year, they actually pulled the old knowledge site into the main site. So the brochure site, yeah. the how to contact our people, and the knowledge site were put together. Guess what? Boom, traffic. Yeah. Combined traffic for the site. And its authority goes through the roof because they were doing all their knowledge in one place and they were doing all their other stuff over here. So all the data is now combined. And, you know, you can say, I've read that piece, now I know who to call. I've read that piece, I know who to instruct. Yeah, I think, that, I think that's... The other thing, because um, you're asking me really about the data side of things, that people neglect is, I don't know why they do. Everyone's heard of Google Analytics and they put the code on their website and I think it was you that said to me the other day, do they, do they actually analyze it afterwards? Well, I do that for people. So look, if you don't want to analyze it yourself, pay me a bit of money every month and I'll analyze it for you. Not from the perspective of telling you the figures, anyone can do that. I'm going to tell you what to do about this. And that's the key thing. What right? That's the thing. But, but here's the beautiful thing. If you combine it with Search Console, which is Google's view of you mm -hmm. on, on search engines, you've probably got this set up for your site as well. Mm -hmm. It tells you, you know, when, when Alex was looking for that digital marketing agency, they put TBD up. How many times did I get surfaced? How many mm -hmm. times did I get produced in the top 10 search results? And, how, and where did I rank? And how many times did people actually click through for me? Right? So then I start spotting phrases that I haven't got anything written about on my website. But my brand is being shown up for it. Now, guess what? You know, my brand is TBD. So I turn up for the phrase TBD. Mm -hmm. okay. Not massively helpful. <laughs> right? But, you know... Time for a rebrand. It's almost as if I need a digital marketing agency. <laughs> that, that list that, that Google will give you in this package called Search Console, which is free, mm -hmm. will tell you all the phrases that pe real people, mm -hmm. I would suggest they are all potential customers. Yeah. It might be some law firm students. It might be some accountancy students. They might be those things. But, but even then, they're still potential customers. You start tying what you're producing content-wise with that stuff. Yeah, and Google will love you because it'll think you've you've actually noted and yeah. tie those two things. So I've started the reports I do for people tie those two things together. It says, look, this is what real people are looking for. This is what you're producing. Can we bridge that gap? Can we do it with your best content? And here's some ideas for some new content, right? And we start encouraging mm -hmm. them to do that. And um, what results have we had? Um, Ask someone to make a small change on their website back in November. Uh, they had to put one of those web certificates, you know, the mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. site, and their traffic quadrupled overnight. Um, I asked someone to change how index uh, Google indexes their website um, the other day. They got a three percent bump in one day. Mm -hmm. They're already getting a lot of traffic. Yeah, yeah. Um, look, these these health and hygiene tweaks. 
they're just they're just to get in the game. <laughs> you know, you're in, you're in, it's just like level one. <laughs> yeah, but and and some of these firms have really grabbed it. I mean, we're seeing the emergence of a real a real digital elite. Yeah, and I think there are seven to ten firms that are taking it really seriously, and that are beyond those questions about will it lead to leads or mm-hmm. you know why do we? They're way beyond that. Yeah. Because they're using data to show to people. Mm-hmm. I can't sell anything to them, Alex, in terms of data. They know my data, right? They're already, they're already doing it. They're already doing it. You know? And so all I can do is celebrate the successes that those guys are having. And I think it's wonderful. Now, I talk to them about what, where, what's next, and that is, that's where it gets even more interesting. Yeah. But there are still loads of firms there. And then, you know, what's really interesting is when the firms in the second hundred get it. You know, the one I mentioned earlier, yeah. who's in the 170th, and they are they're using data and analytics and, and optimization to overtake 140 firms in front of them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm trying to think if I, I've, I've managed to have some, some of my clients rank who are just small firms rank way ahead of themselves. And well, it's just joyous. You know, when you see, so, you know, when you, when you, when your client rings you and says, well, I don't know what you're doing, but you're doing it right because we're busier than we've ever been. You think, well, <laughs> That's it, isn't waving it? My, waving my magic wand. But that's the, that's, the, that's the beauty of digital, right? Is that you can be a small firm but play on a global stage and be, if you know what you're doing, you can be number one. And Simon Kemp's late, you know, latest data reports that came out, 51% of the world's now on social media. And I think that takes me back to your point around that <clears throat> we all optimize our websites to be, we're coming in from the front door. Because actually it's the, and actually what you're saying ties back to what Gartner was saying two years ago, that just because offline starts doesn't mean online ends. And that what they refer to is that your customers now want multiple entry points. They want multiple entry points into you as a, um, as a brand. And I completely agree with you that from a, and this is when I talk to, you know, talk to partners. I said, one minute, your general counsel is an app which works really nicely, really, really well. The next thing, they get a crappy piece of email marketing that doesn't render properly on a mobile device, so they click on a link, doesn't work, or the website's not a good user experience. They're going to go away to someone that's, um, uh, that is. And, Again, again, this is the crazy thing that we've been talking about for, for so long. This is like seven, 2017, I think. Back to your point around we can't fix 2,000 pages. And it was a CMO. She's still at IBM. She's now over in the States. Said so we were trying to, you know, IBM, we were trying to grapple that exact same challenge. And a salesperson said to the marketing team, why are we trying to fix the website? We know this is typically what an entry product is from IBM. We then know from our sales data that when a company buys this, this is the time frame that typically they then go on to buy this, 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 and that over this time period. So fix those pages and let's guide that journey just on those because we have the data from invoices because we know that's what people do. And accounting firms, law firms should have some data around. Well, you yeah, know, and let's talk about the barriers to that. Go here. Let's talk about the barriers to that for a minute. There is no shame in attributing a lead, in my view, to a website. Hmm. None. But there is if you've got matter partner billings being a condition on which you bonus. You, you, you have no vested interest as a yeah. partner of saying this website gave me my lead. Yeah. When fundamentally what you really mean is I wrote an article that the website gave me the lead for. Right? <laughs> now, one of the partners I work with, and I really can't name the firm or no, no, of course. the partner, came up to me and said, I want to say thank you to you for all the work you've done 
a while back obviously it's been working house now um because i can directly attribute mm -hmm. this fifty thousand pound piece of work to the thing that we did over there last week wonderful but it i mean this is um you only get that level of confidence when somebody is not going to be, they're just so good at their job, they don't have to worry about it, right? You know, they, they, he was safe in his job, so he's not going to worry about it. But I, I think there's more to be done on the reward systems yeah. and recognition and attribution. Um, I'm working with some firms at the moment that are really struggling with their digital talent. They've got one or two people, you know, uh, you probably saw that crazy um, uh, social media update for the day on twitter that just said this guy you know if you're the, if you're in the front line of twitter on behalf of a brand what are you you're kind of like brand police you're you know a counselor you're you know you know yeah. you're, you're a policeman you're all these things we're like a teacher you've got to be yeah, so yeah. multifaceted and actually then we just say oh can you come straight out of college and do that what wait a minute these guys are the front line of the brand yeah now ibm takes its sales so seriously that you you've got to be a senior doer at something yeah. before they'll let you in the sales team you better be good at something yeah, before yeah. they'll speak to customers about actually buying anything right i think that firms could do a bit more of that now what's that going to involve a lot of that talent you were talking about earlier highly paid business development managers mm -hmm. saying hands up i don't know enough about this yeah. i know that if i did know a bit more about it we'd make more money right and and i think we need to press the reset button on that conversation to enable people to say look it's an amnesty i, I didn't know that i needed to know as much about it as i do now data in their roles at the moment let's think about a key account program you're in house you know what people have spent you know how many hours on the clock people have spent yeah. off the clock how many hours people have spent hopefully you collect enough data to show to them this is how invested we are in a relationship right so yeah. those key account managers those bd managers they're getting used to using data more and more to inform their decisions certainly about their larger yeah. you know the 80 20 larger clients mm -hmm. they just need to be able to say where did the client come from yeah who gave us this client um, I've used the example before, so forgive me if you've heard it, but as, as I said a while ago, there was a client who somebody wanted to take to Wimbledon and I was really resistant about it. Mm. And I couldn't understand where we were coming from. They convinced me that it was a sector client and that we needed to do more of um, this kind of sectoral work to win more of that kind of client. Mm. But when we actually really narrowed it all the way down, we just found it was one individual at one place that was responsible for 90% of the subsector's revenue. And so our marketing strategy changed because yeah. it was no longer about trying to use sectoral approach and grab a broader brand and take mm -hmm. control of the issues. It actually was about taking one guy out and saying, can you find another guy in your business who's like yeah. you, who can instruct us the same amount of revenue? Because then you double it. And guess what? Going to Wimbledon with that guy, yeah, that's got a pretty good return on investment. Yeah. And we could have spent months and years of energy chasing a sector plan that just was pointless. Yeah. So I think using that data, offline data, mm -hmm. it's really useful to make good decisions about all elements of the marketing journey. Um, isn't it great if um, you go to an event and it feels like it's really well run, but actually, isn't it even better if you come away from it knowing which business gets attributed to that yeah. event? And that isn't that hard to do. No. And certainly you need to have some um, attention to detail afterwards to say who's responsible for following up with who and mm -hmm. how can you get in front of them. And I think that, like I said earlier, Sidley appeared to be doing it where they're threading that data all the way through from, we don't know them, all the way through to regular advocate for our business at the other end. And I think the firms are, I've got a journey to go on. I think they need to do it over the course of the next couple of years. Because you know what's going to happen otherwise. Linknators, slaughters, 
you know, Kirkland, they're going to get it right. Yeah. And once they've got it right, then that's quite scary for other firms to try and emulate. You don't want to be on the back foot dealing with that. No, especially in the current climate where <clears throat> everything's online, right? You know, I talk and we, we need to gain market share. We've got a contracting market. Everything's online. You can't go and, you know, have coffees with people in the same way you could. You can't go to an event and just bump into them and network. We've got to, we've got to find ways for spending time with each other um, and give something away for free. Indeed. Yeah. And I think this is, this is interesting in terms of if you look at the overall direction of travel of CRM systems around the data analytics that now you can get with the CRM to start to predict client relationships, to start to understand where revenue is tailing off. These are the people you then need to go and talk to because you've, you've synced LinkedIn with it. You have sales navigator. You then let, and I then go and please go and let you encourage your marketing team to start chucking their data into all of this and suddenly you get this holistic view of, of what's going on and it goes back to an article I read back in 2017 she was a she was a LinkedIn exec I think she's now at Cisco and she tweeted any <clears throat> it's something I paraphrase now Katrina Neal is her name uh, any marketing exec that goes into a data driven board meeting and starts their sentence with the word I think will probably be asked to leave this is back in 2017 because if you've got an executive team you start to understand all of this this shouldn't be I think I know that we should do this because I can see X, Y, Z. Notwithstanding your earlier point, I completely agree. Experience and that hunch, that kind of gut instinct, but blended with, oh, I've now got data to prove we should be doing this. You know, shortened sales cycles, better content strategy, better return on investment, and the list goes um, The list goes on. Simon, I could talk to you forever and a day on this. Um, always love watching your Digital, One, uh, Digital 100. <laughs> Looking forward to the accountants coming up. Where can people find you? What's the best way for people to get in, uh, get in touch with you? Not the front door of your website, I guess. Maybe there's maybe Well, no. Um, I mean, uh, the best place to hang out is on social. So you'll find me on LinkedIn, um, stroke Simon Paul Marshall. Find me on Twitter at CEO underscore TBD. Um, if you like, though, and you're a firm and you want to know what your numbers are uh, on the kind of traffic rankings, just drop me a line because we, can, we add new firms all the time to the yeah. ranking we started producing daily rankings now for people and the future for us of course has to be data driven and yeah. we're going to move to an api model where this stuff is up to the minute cool. so you'll be able to press a button and know where you stand today so yeah come and find us and we'd love to share more of that info awesome and if you listen to this and you find Simon, i'll put the links to his um his profiles on the uh, on the podcast and the blog on uh, youtube please mention mention this you know i encourage everybody to at least have a conversation with him because what he does not know about this is not worth um, knowing but for the time being, uh, Simon, really appreciate your uh, your time today. Um, everybody's watching. Uh, if there's anybody you should recommend to be on this, let me know. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. But as always, uh, stay well, keep safe, and uh, I'll catch everybody on the flip side next week. Cheers, Simon.